Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit This is a HeadGum Podcast. And welcome to Melro 210, a We Hate Movies quarantine sideshow. Oh, yeah. Still, still with this. Still <laughs> yeah, with this. It's going to keep going. Wherein we recommend that you stay indoors and you put on your sunscreen because we're having a little fun here in, in sunny Beverly Hills because it's Monday. Uh, you know, always want to give a little shout out to, we don't do this enough. Anyone who's a, uh, 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 a person that has to that has to be out out there in the world working, uh, any kind of employees that are giving us stuff or making this fucking world go, delivering shit, uh, mm-hmm. doing food delivery, food anything, anything to do with food or goods, and you're not Jeff fucking Bezos, God bless you, and thank you for doing yes. what you do. Yeah, yeah you're doing all that stuff. We're doing Mel Walsh 210. <laughs> um, yes. And then, you know, everybody evens out. It all evens out. Yeah. We're doing the important stuff, like telling you about Steve Sanders' failed DJ audition. Oh, I can't wait! Uh, before we get to that, I should introduce all these creepy voices you're hearing joining me. My name's Steve Sadek, by the way. <laughs> I'm enjoyed by disembodied Eric Siska. Hello. Uh, we've got ourselves a Chris Cabin. Uh, hi, hi. And we've also got Andrew Jupin on the line. Yo! There it is. I also... Chris, I, I knew this was coming. I, yeah. This is an episode, it's kind of funny. Uh, the episode we're talking about, by the way, is The 17-Year Itch, Season 1, Episode 8 of Beverly Hills 90210. Original air date, November the 29th, 1990. Post-Thanksgiving app, yeah. Yeah, dude, you're... St- you, you 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 got full and fucking Cindy is looking to get full is what exactly. I'm saying. Oh, I was going to make the same dude. joke with stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Oh. Stuff was better. Yeah. <laughs> so Glenn, this is like a cool photographer. New character comes on the show and he's got the fixings out for Cindy. <laughs> <laughs> but Chris Cabin, and I think I might have said this last week, so please stop me if I'm repeating jokes. Sure. But every week, my favorite thing is Thursday night, you watch these episodes and you go through the roof. And I knew it was coming because this is a Jim and Cindy centric episode and they seem to be your least favorite character. I mean, Cindy Walsh is forgivable, especially after this episode. I see what she's under and what she wants. <laughs> it's good to know. Jim yeah. Walsh should be hung. Yeah. By his yeah. neck until he's dead. <laughs> By his you neck until he's dead. Like, like you know, a horse. Kevin, 
You better fucking check that rope around your ankle, Kevin, because you are being untethered from the planet Earth. <laughs> nope, like not, uh, hey, look, if you want to shoot him in the head, I'm all for that as well. But I'm saying just break the guy's neck and we're all I'm good. We're all team, good here. Team Chris on this one because this <laughs> motherfucker is just like, well, I know it's our anniversary. We could be having sex, but I need to do my fucking taxes. Like, oh, come but, on. Oh, oh, but no, never mind. I do want to have sex. Oh, you want to have sex with him? Back to the taxes. <laughs> I do. But my well, my larger point is i i get it we get it through our group uh group chat the exclusive uh, we have <laughs> movies group text <laughs> yeah, by the way. not even available on patreon.com definitely not, not dude not that yet. is th- those are four membership slots and they are all taken <laughs> <laughs> but i will say uh i just imagine your wife like it's like uh, your wife does not watch this with you right uh, she does now because oh, she, she likes watching how much I hate it. Okay, because I was going to say, I just imagine her in another room. She's a very literate woman reading a nice book. She's got a big glass of red wine. And from the other, like, motherfucking Jim Walsh. <laughs> just explosion noises. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> out the You're going to fucking hang that guy. you got to hang him. Hang him. Hang him. Yeah. Hang him. Chris is designing a new type of gallows. <laughs> Look, honey, I have to have a project while this quarantine's happening. I brought, my, I brought my own guillotine. Look at this. Don't mind my home improvement you, <laughs> activities in the backyard. Does your dog have to wear a thunder shirt when you wear, watch the show or what? Yes, I wear two of them, actually. Okay, that's a good. A thunder and a lightning shirt. <laughs> yeah, so this is an episode. It is, like I said, uh, Jim and Cindy-centric. There are B and C plots, but I think the move here is just go straight through because the, they're so minimal and non-whatever. Absolutely. Uh, so this is an episode wherein it is Cindy and Jim's 17-year anniversary. Um <laughs> We start, they just came back. And I mean, like, there's two sides to this coin. So Cindy is, like, like all upset because they had to, they had a shitty dinner. You know, they had to wait two hours to sit down. You know, she's like, oh, I can see why everyone's so thin here. You can't even get a gosh darn table. (laughs) And, like, uh, and Jim is like, well, you know, it's uh, the hottest spot in town. I'm just shocked we got in at all. I'm like, dude, it's your fucking anniversary. Here's the thing. I'm I'm a reservation man. Anytime mm-hmm. it's like this mm-hmm. place rules, you might not get in, but oh man, if you do, it's like no, I want a fucking reservation. You're in your yep. fucking forties, get a reservation. Well, hang on a second though. I don't think that he's mentioning it like that. He's he's saying like it's a hip spot, like we got this table kind of thing. Her complaint is that the noise level was so loud. Well, that's the they thing. They couldn't hear each other at dinner. They went to a hip spot because yeah. they're trying to revitalize their love life. So they're going to, a, a, I imagine, a place that's for younger people. Like, Pe- maybe it was shooters. People, <laughs> people who are interested to talk to one another. Like, that's what they're going to. And they have nothing. They don't want to talk to each other. Hey, y'all, it's Sandy, your waitress. I hate to mention it, but y'all can't be in here. You're going bald, child. We don't allow that here at Shooters. You see that handsome man over there? We call him Jake. Half a days he has. Bye, y'all. <laughs> he might be taking your drink later. Don't worry about that. No, <laughs> taking no, but... your drink. <laughs> do you, Excuse do you... me, sir. Yeah, sorry to bother y'all, but unless you're coming in here playing a caveman in a Halloween <laughs> costume or something, <laughs> and you're really a handsome man underneath that, you better get out of here, middle-aged exoskeleton. Now, you see Jake over there in the corner? Do you got a young dog? Daughter for him, or maybe daughter friend. One of her little friends. I'm grooming for him. A 19 would be perfect for him, y'all. If you have a 19 year old. My name's Sandy Maxwell. (laughs) 
Yes, yeah, sorry. You're going to have to shave your hands, child, before you come in here. Dude, there is a lot of uh, James Eckhouse exposure in this episode. And man, it's like fucking Burt Reynolds down there. <laughs> it's a lot. I mean, Cindy's totally into it. So, yeah, but, you know, she's, you know, she. It, it, <laughs> no, not this week. taking fucking fistfuls of that shit normally. It is. Uh, it's not. Uh, it was. It's not going well for the anniversary. And it's weird. We don't learn this till the middle of the episode. But there is a missing anniversary present. Like it's kind of weird. Like usually that would be something we talk about at the top. Like where he's like, oh, you know, the got lost in the mail. It'll be here any day now or something like that. Well, I don't but, think it's it's actually missing. I think oh, she's she's oh, saying just, that didn't motherfucker get, didn't uh, buy me anything. <laughs> Cindy, you know, it's it's sad, but uh, Amazon, oh, sorry, Amazon doesn't exist yet. Uh, uh, the mail lost my self-confidence. I had a brand new self-confidence coming in that would allow me to have sex with you, but it's gone now. It's lost in the mail. Sorry. But it's, it's your anniversary. You, you had your nice dinner. You probably had a couple of drinks. And Jim Walsh just sits down with these tax, tax returns, and he's like, well, honey, the IRS doesn't know it's our anniversary. I'm like, dude, fuck off. Yeah, you know, seriously. it's it's really shitty. And like it, he also does the shitty move of like they're getting into bed and she's like, oh, Jim, remember our, our first anniversary? We ate dinner in bed. And he just this is like his move to fix it. He's like, yeah, and I'm getting hungry. And fucking <laughs> makes a move. And I was like, oh, dude, wrong turn. Yeah, oh, yeah exactly. God. Ease into that, dude. And no, oh. no one wants to be told you're hungry, by the way. Yeah. Oh, oh, Jim, don't you remember when we we shared what we really loved in life? Yeah, my dick. Aren't you ready for it? (laughs) Also, if you're hungry, go downstairs, my friend. That's a way to start. Yeah, there's some uh, Anna left some more enchiladas that you fucking hated, you racist. <laughs> oh no, I meant uh, meat. I meant cunnilingus. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that right. downstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's also there's it is another... their anniversary. The least you could do is well, that's, his yeah. yearly cunnilingus appearance. <laughs> well, but Tony was making fun of him. What was he supposed to do? Do it anyway? <laughs> there is a thing that happens in this scene, and then it happens again at the tail end of the episode. And, you know, all television shows do this, and I, I think it's hilarious. When they do it here, it's great, too. The uh, There's a sad moment, so we're playing a sad, slow version of the theme song. I want this played at Cabin's funeral. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Cabin, at your funeral, here's what I'm going to do, Cabin. At your uh-huh. funeral, I'm going to take... The big portrait of you that they're going to plan to have there, I'm going to take it down. I'm going to replace it with a picture of James Eckhouse <laughs> playing Jim Walsh. No, dude, you, James Eckhouse, who will outlive us all, is going to be my plus one to your funeral. <laughs> you are all talking like I'm not bringing at least one of you down with me. <laughs> Fair point. Uh, I'm going to steal Andrew's bit here just because I watched the theme song today in this episode. And you would think, because it's, it's just funny because there's just not a lot of material to cut in for these like for this theme song especially for like the goings on but can i interrupt you and ask you something really quickly please do because you know you're you're big on this show you've watched it a lot more are you because you said you watched you made a point to just say you watched the theme song this time do you skip the intro on like hulu oh no i I have to i'm I'm not a big theme song skipper unless i'm really in the middle of a binge i actually hate i gotta hate when netflix does it automatically yeah fuck that 
Oh, yeah, when you go, like, into the next episode or whatever, yeah. and if the show doesn't have a cold open. Exactly. Like, uh, Mad Men, they'll, they'll, they'll cut the intro. I'm like, that's what I need. I need the, that eerie music. Yes, you need that fucking jam, dude. The other thing I don't appreciate, and it's like, I'm sure it's just, like, the setup. It's, like, the policy or whatever. But we're going through Better Call Saul on Netflix now. And if you haven't watched that show, the theme song is literally, like, 10 seconds. <laughs> and so it comes up, and it's always, it's a cool thing. It's, like, cheap 90s ish looking bad video and like that's the point and uh i love watching it I get a little nostalgia with all the neon colors netflix gives you the fucking skip option and i'm like dude it's 10 seconds netflix where do i have to be <laughs> it's like three strums of a surf guitar <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> it's over with i'm never gonna skip it anyway sorry Steve. you're going through the roof come on already start the show <laughs> i want to watch bob odenkirk it's uh, like wanting to skip the Simpsons intro when they just do the straight from the chalkboard on yes. the, to yep. the couch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> By the way, do you know that there's people, their jobs are like making sure the time codes for that so it could happen. So they're yeah. like, these people are like complicit in a fucking terrorist scheme as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Damn straight, dude. They're an essential employee that I don't respect. No, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> my, uh, my one thing was just because there's so much footage from the basketball episode you would think <laughs> watching this first season oh it's a basketball show like every you got steve sanders coming in you got jason Priestley throwing the basketball around like it's just a lot of basketball well, you know they wanted sporty <laughs> kids to watch it you know that's true we, we uh, originally pitched the show as a uh, basketball teen show called hoopers <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I, I you know I, it, it went through the cracks i'm sorry about that but we got beverly hills 90210 out of it come on well, they, they could have done that dude what was that uh the tgif show where it was about what was it called phenom steve phenom was a tennis star yes yeah yeah, yeah. it was the that? hell it was a show where like a little i don't know if she was a little girl maybe she was like 13 or whatever yeah i'm sorry named phenom <laughs> The no, show was called Phenom. Why? Because she was a tennis phenom. Is that a word? Yeah, you never heard phenom? No. It's like, out of a phenomenon. Yeah, phenom. phenom. That's okay. a thing. Trust me, it's a thing. All right. <laughs> Ask James Eckhouse about it. <laughs> so anyways, <laughs> uh, we go to school. Um, we find out the DJ, uh, our, our beloved DJ, whose, whose name I can't bother to learn. I think it's like DJ Mac or something. I was trying to listen this He's time. He's like, DJ yo, 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 I'm getting fired. I'll talk to y'all later. <laughs> DJ Mike MC. Oh, DJ oh. Mike. Okay. Yes. MC. DJ. And it's also like, I don't know, it still feels like pretty early in the school year. What happened? What, what, what went down here? I scandal. think it's a thing. Yeah, total scandal, dude. Oh, maybe. You know what it was? We didn't see it, but there was a little side plot in one episode where DJ Mike uh, definitely was using profanity on the air. <laughs> and the FCC fucking came down hard on West Beverly High. He brought Jim Walsh in to, to go on the keyboard to do a little jam <laughs> and they were like get the fuck out of here both of you fuck off uh dj mike actually got uh sued he used a a, a sample from the tom tom club <laughs> in his opening and it really really it, it came down on the school hard yeah it's, that's a, that's a bummer uh, the tom tom club would not let up dina waymouth was like we're gonna get that fucking high school dj and we're gonna get him good <laughs> she now owns one third of west beverly Hi. <laughs> that DJ Mike is buried underneath my house and he'll stay there. <laughs> <laughs>
so we hear this and it's like and david is like oh scott this is my chance to to be uh and it's just weird like again like this creepy early david silver thing is like everyone will have to listen to me then he's really obsessed with like i mean just like i guess any kid but like you really this is the only thing you know about david is like he just needs to feed off of attention much like superman gets his powers from the sun uh, and meanwhile, uh, Miss Rye shows up mostly sober and asks uh, Brendan and Bre- uh, Brandon and Brenda to be in a twin study. And like, I don't know what happened in Minneapolis, but Brandon's like, no one's going to fucking prod me again. I'm like, what happened? Yeah, I don't know, dude. I think like that dude was originally supposed to be much taller and then like <laughs> science experiments happened and he remembers all about it. Like he was like they were seven. They did some twin study that was about like what happens if you give one twin a bunch of coffee when they're like a little kid. It was some like Stranger Things laboratory. <laughs> yeah. It was originally known as Project B. <laughs> Weapon B. <laughs> I just, I just lost my telepathic abilities last year, and I don't want them back. <laughs> Bren. Uh, Bren, do you remember the last time we had to escape from a lab like that, Bren? <laughs> Come on, Bren. Come on, Bren. You can't give me a sunny day. You 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 control the weather. Why don't you just give me a sunny fucking day in Beverly Hills? Oh it has to be a rainy day. Fuck, man. This is why they moved. They're fleeing government agents. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, dude, the Soviets. <laughs> <laughs> um... Man, I hated being part of that fucking Akira project, Bren. <laughs> Dos Vodonia, Bren and Brandon. <laughs> uh, important thing to note, by the way, uh, with David Silver's dreams of being on the air, Scott, of course, is like, I think that's a great idea. <laughs> and then Steve Sanders, quick to rain on anybody's parade, is like, hey, little kid, you're not going to be the DJ because guess what? I'm putting my fucking clan propaganda on that radar. Yeah. Dude, this, Steve Sanders in the morning. Sign me out. <laughs> totally, dude. This is really highlighting for me that this show is really more realistic. Like, Scott, the nice guy who has been hurt and obey, been supporting everybody, he gets he shoots himself in the face in a little bit. <laughs> yep. and, and the racist Steve Sanders is still the king of the fucking high school. Yep. You know, the good people die. That's uh, what the fucking message is, everybody. Yeah. And you know, when we started this sideshow, uh, Steve asked me how I felt about Steve Sanders as blonde representation. And I said it was fine. I take it all back. Good. <laughs> Especially yeah, with dude. this this fucking one line is like, I'm the guy with the golden hair and the silver tongue like no dude no <laughs> dude yeah just uh steve sanders in the morning uh the democrats yet again <laughs> playing their games uh I, i'm the one with the uh the golden hair the silver tongue the blue eyes and the white skin oh sorry i wasn't supposed to say that last part. <laughs> wasn't supposed to say that last part oh boy Anybody notice how many uh, blacks are at the school these days? Uh, 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 take, take your calls all morning. Uh, now that uh, Steve Sanders in the morning is uh, taking over the West Beverly High radio station, I'm just going to say we will not be reporting the score of the basketball games anymore. <laughs> uh, basketball is completely out now as far as we're concerned. There's a caravan. It's coming in. It's bringing some athletes from other districts. <laughs> uh. Honk, 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 toilet flush. <laughs> exactly. Let's <laughs> Scott, you know, Scott should definitely be the guy on the sound effects, in, yeah. no, no, no matter who gets this. Oh, absolutely. Did he get Scott on a little slide whistle, dude? He would <laughs> he would totally excel and maybe not later shoot himself in the face. 
Um, so uh, that's there. That, that that's that little thing. Uh, so we're setting that up. Uh, we also we cut in on Cindy at some sort of a far at a at a plant nursery, possibly the one from Melrose Place, uh, only three days ago. Oh uh, fuck yeah! Uh, look out for what's his name. Yeah, shared cinematic universe, obviously, as we know. Um, but it's uh, she's getting some dude is just. It's her and Anna and uh, her, which who she refers to as her assistant, which is nice, I guess. I guess so. Uh, I don't. I, I, yeah, I mean, I don't really know how you do that because um, she's clearly not friends with her. <laughs> I mean, it's good to kind of like put it on her resume for when she obviously will eventually leave this house of horrors that the Walsh have built. <laughs> I have to say, I'm genuinely surprised to see this character return, Steve. I, I was. Thought, I, was I thought that too. was a one and done. Ditto. Um. So that she's getting. We see the cam her through a camera's eye and like, what the fuck is happening? Maybe it's the fucking Soviets. They found her. <laughs> yes, I thought it was a greenery nursery sent car. <laughs> I, I thought it was like a um uh, uh like Jim Walsh because like they're having problems already in the beginning of the episode. Obviously, thought it was Jim Walsh sending a PI after. Her. I, that's where I was too. I was like, oh, that motherfucker. Yeah, trouble in paradise indeed. Shit. <laughs> it would be cool if this place. They're like a garden center. It'd be great if it was. Uh, tied in with Melrose Place and that dude Paul was his name. Paul is the dude. Yeah, yes. it'd be cool if he was helping them out. <laughs> just yeah, just creeping everybody out, wanting yeah. to. I want to date your daughter. I want to yeah. date your daughter. Honestly, Paul could have been the one taking pictures. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but no, it's this guy named Glenn uh, who happened to have <laughs> gone to cut. <laughs> Uh, hot ass Glenn over here. Yeah. Just smooth. He's a tall drink of water too, man. Oh yes, dude. No water shortage in fucking LA <laughs> County that day. <laughs> he just goes, Cindy Walsh, and it, you know, I was I was taking pictures of you, and I didn't even know it was you. And it's just like, what the fuck were you doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, oh. as he explains, a buddy of his owns the nursery and asked him to like take photos for a new catalog or whatever. Yeah. Uh, my uh, okay. buddy works in the, uh, in, in, in the plant shop and he asked me to come in and replace some cameras in the toilets. Yeah. <laughs> I run a, um, I, I'm, I'm Glenn. I run a, uh, a voyeur website, not really strictly legal. But, uh... <laughs> There's a guy at this very, uh, at this very flower shop who loves it. His name's Paul. <laughs> He's really into it for some reason. My business partner. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, they're old college buds. They know each other. Cindy is instantly like, holy fuck, Glenn. Glenn grew up right, she mm -hmm. says. Uh, and, you know, Anna is immediately uncomfortable. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't want to have to tell Mr. Walsh about this. Oh. Yeah, but she does mention that she's been clipping out his natural ge geographic photos. So, mm. Like, yeah. she's been pining over this guy kind of in the back of her and, head for and, years. And he kind of acts like that's, like, a sexual fetish. Mm. He's like, oh, I didn't know you were a Nat Geo. Or, mm. Oh, <laughs> yeah. man. Oh. Nat my Geo. <laughs> <laughs> and he lives in L.A. now because he's had all of his adventures. He's just trying to settle down a bit. Plant some roots in this crazy world, you know? Just trying to settle down, man. You know what? Like, he he's realizing, you know, he's got... Uh, uh, way less sunsets ahead of him uh, as opposed to behind him, you yep. know, wants to get his life straight. Got one foot in the casket. <laughs> <laughs> and one in the bedroom. So oh, uh, yeah. Cindy's like, well, you've got to come over to my house and see Jim. You who, you like Jim. And he's like, uh, yeah. 
Jim. Oh, J- J- Jim. Y- oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jim Paletto. I I, I did baseball <laughs> with him. No, no, no. Uh, Jim Walsh. Jim Waltz? I, I, I think <laughs> I had him in math class, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Who's this Jim? I, I don't know who this Jim is. Who's this Jim? No, he knows he knows all about her. Uh, it goes both ways, Eric, because he read about her twins in the alumni magazine. That's oh. weird as fuck. And that is super weird. Because, I mean, this is 16 years later or whatever the fuck it is. Like, you just remember that they had twins? Yeah, in the alumni magazine, it said, Twins flee uh, science experiments, <laughs> Soviets in pursuit. <laughs> Seven dead. <laughs> Missing family question mark? <laughs> Adult teen known as Mr. Sinister to his friends. <laughs> so Jim, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Glenn does show up for dinner. Uh, we sort of see everybody afterwards hanging on every one of Glenn's words, all sitting around the fire in the, the family room there. Well, uh, most people are hanging on yeah. Glenn's every word, man. Jim Walsh not having it. He's, I mean, clearly, you, you your wife comes up. You've been having problems. She brings in this fucking hunk. It's like, oh, look who I look who's coming for dinner. It's like, oh, yeah, I'll be coming for dinner. All right. <laughs> not only a hunk, a hunk she used to fuck. Yeah, exactly. We find out that they uh, they all worked on the school paper together, including Jim. He had a bit of a uh, a writing bug. Like, that's where Brandon gets it, I guess. Uh, and, um, you know, Jim, Jim introduced, Jim was dating or Glenn was dating Cindy and introduced her to Jim. Biggest mistake of my life. He says in front of everyone. Yeah. Wow, dude. Uncomfortable. This is like a 100% douche chill conversation. (laughs) I cannot imagine being in the room while this is going down. Anyway, your mother, uh, she went on to marry some loser. Oh, Jim, you're here. Oh, hi. Sorry. Fuck out. You're here, buddy. Sorry. I keep forgetting that that was you, Jim. Just a piece of shit. Did nothing. Didn't care about her. Said he never wanted kids. I mean, it's really... Oh, Jim. Hi. Hi, are you? Total limp dick. Oh, hey, Jim. (laughs) So, uh, Jim excuses himself because he's Oh, he also says, he was like, yeah, Jim was quite a writer in his day until he sold out and became a fucking soulless little stooge. Couldn't imagine you ever crunching the numbers, Jim boy. And it's like, yeah, well, someone's got to pay for this insane house. (laughs) There's a thing about, like, it it happens throughout this episode, this this notion of, like, anyone who wants to go into accounting obviously wanted to do something else before that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, And I gotta say, I kind of understand that. (laughs) accurate I, I think that's very accurate there, there is a quick scene with when he's explaining like they're talking about it's jim and like some other guy that works at this accounting firm bob I, I is this the boss or what is this guy I don't, yeah i don't know well jim was saying like oh you know i was i was bit into poetry uh and then this dude's like well, why, why, why would you uh why don't we find the fucking poetry in these numbers <laughs> yeah, yeah totally once you get like, back yeah, to yeah, fucking yeah. work I, I wanted to be a baseball player when i was a kid that fucking died at 12 and then i decided i wanted to be an accountant look look jim I'm a talking living tumor, okay? That's what my <laughs> life is. A living tumor. You gonna talk to me about poetry? How about this poetry? Do your yeah. fucking work. You In know, fact, Bob, Jim, I'm a I'm a I'm a hallucination. <laughs> you know, Bob, I I think uh, my wife might be having an affair. Yeah, why don't you have an affair with that fucking spreadsheet, pal? <laughs> Get you to work, Buttercup. <laughs> why don't you fucking step out with that work there, William Carlos Williams? Please don't talk to seven divorce Bob over here. <laughs> yeah, he does not care. Yeah, so Jim <laughs> excuses himself. Um, uh, Brandon and Brenda excuse themselves. This is when Brenda needs to mind her own fucking business. And we're mm. on. The, they're walking up the stairs, the palatial Walsh stairs, 
and uh brandon's like wow man i you know and it's kind of like i hope jim walsh didn't hear this which is you know i think glenn's like the first adult i ever met whose life i actually wanted mm-hmm. <laughs> just like ouch uh, I, yeah i mean yes that would be hard for jim walsh to hear however i think after the initial sting of overhearing that war off he'd take a look and be like yeah i get it yeah oh he knows and then she's like i don't know i don't like the way that glenn looks at our mother <laughs> well if you don't like it so much brenda why don't you stay down there and continue hanging out instead of leaving your mother her ex-boyfriend and a roaring fire downstairs <laughs> i can't believe it man a roaring Dude, the fire in this... los angeles well yeah and it's not also... outside whoa <laughs> but just like Listen, man, uh, if everyone's going to bed, like, that dude's got to go home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, Or what? you could be Glenn and say, fuck you, I'm staying. Exactly. And everybody Gl- listens to this you. This is that big dick energy that Glenn has. Yeah. Because, yes. like, J- James Eckhouse, Jim Walsh, wakes up in the middle of the night and was like, wait, my wife's not here. Goes down the stairs and they're still drinking in front of the fire at all hours of the night. Dude, also- and he fucking goes... They're like, they're like, I don't know that they're drunk or like falling asleep or what it is, but he's like, he's not even looking at her because like his eyes are closed. He's like leaning back, like slouching on the couch. And he's like, I'm going to show you my L.A. You're going to fall in love with it. Is this finger play happening? (laughs) Oh, definitely. I mean, like, you got to put on a movie for some pretext or something. You know what I mean? Why would he? He's getting away with it, plain and simple. Fucking Jim Walsh was like. Oh, he got made fun of, said he's a loser from this Glenn guy. And it's just like, yeah, I'm going to go do the taxes now. I hope you have a good night. All <laughs> of you. Uh, uh, Glenn, when you uh, uh, come into my wife, could you just do it gently, please? Please, could you just be gentle about just, it? Could you clean up some of the dripping cum oh, when you're done? Oh, God, come on. Come on! <laughs> that's the world he's living in. I'm sorry. Andrew, I think, you know come, what, Kevin? Come, I think listen. that's the world you're living in. Dude. Come on yes. is what Glenn did. Yes. <laughs> we saw this. Andrew, the episode is called The 17 Year Itch. We saw this coming. It's, it's we, a sexy episode. It's a, it's a, I mean, it's a I highly so, dude, sexy episode. But the way I'm hearing it, it's like you looked at the episode title and it was called 90210, episode nine, The Cum Drippers. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no, actually, that's it. Season four. I want to address this. I mean, we did get some complaints about the usage of that word on this show. And from henceforth, I will refrain from it. Uh, I'll keep saying cum. <laughs> Did surprise. someone seriously complain about us saying uh, come? I think it was some social media post somewhere. We're watching. We're out there. We're watching we, you we guys. Are, you better yes, fucking yes. watch it. You know what? One day you make a wrong comment. One day, dos vodonia <laughs> comment. The Soviets I'm, are gonna get us. I'm tripling the come numbers. <laughs> I, after hearing this, I can't we, be. Uh, we'll send the Soviets after them. Soviets have nothing to do anymore. There's no country. The next day, uh, it is uh, a sexy afternoon date where he's showing her his L.A. And again, like, does, does that, I mean, this is where I start to feel bad for Sydney. She's like, wow, Los Angeles. She I'm is like, so crazy. Like, she's like, I never knew a convertible could be fun. <laughs> oh, my God, Glenn. Be- because Jim Walsh has been doing his taxes the <laughs> yeah. whole time. He hasn't been going out. And he can say it's hard work and all this bullshit, but it's not. It seems Question. like a paperwork. Is this the first time we've seen Cindy in a location that wasn't the house or the front yard? Well, I think she went to the fashion show last week. Oh, uh, that's fair. And, and the hospital that one time. But yes, it's not. She's never like on. <laughs> I don't know why that was funny. <laughs> she did. Uh, I know. It is funny. 
<laughs> the, hosp- the hospital, which is in the opening credits, which I think that about that dumb scene every time, because in that episode she was like, "My kids are heroes," <laughs> um, and he's just, she's just like, "Wow, Los Angeles, maybe I'll have a taco today." <laughs> <laughs> um, I keep hearing about these tacos, and like they're around like the like the Venice Beach like boardwalk area or whatever, and he's like. You see, Cindy, there's all these people in Los Angeles doing all sorts of creative things. And it's like person drawing on the sidewalk, someone uh, maybe sketching a caricature, a homeless man whipping his dick out and pissing (laughs) on the sidewalk. Cindy, I can't wait for you to see it. Yes, that is the Hollywood sign. This is my L.A. My L.A. Well, you own the Hollywood sign. (laughs) Gee whiz, Glenn. Well, Cindy, here's another part of my secret L.A. tour. Uh, if you look over there to your right, it's Grauman's Chinese Theater. <laughs> you know, they, uh, uh, the celebrities would put their hands inside the cement and then sign it. Huh. Humphrey Bogart had small feet. There's a huh. bunch of them. There's a bunch of them. You just walk down the street. Yeah, I own all this. This is my L.A. <laughs> uh, we wind up back at Glenn's studio, right? That's how this goes. Oh, also, yes. by the way, we should say very pointedly that uh, Brenda and Brandon decide... My, the weirdest line Glenn says at this awkward fireside chat before everybody else goes to bed is like, twins, huh, double the pleasure. Yep. Hey, anyway, I'd like to take That's your photograph fun. sometime. Oh, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> you can't say that. You can't say that. And then and then offer to, like, can I get you? Oh, your kids are double the pleasure. Can I have them for a while in my fucking photo studio? Yeah, because here's the thing, Glenn. Like, I get you, Glenn. You're trying to make a joke about double mint gum. That's fine. But you know what, Glenn? This isn't a double mint gum commercial. Yeah. No one in this house even has gum right now, dude. So you're just making a weird twin incest joke. He but- also refers to Brandon Brand Brandon as uh Ying and Yang. Ooh. He's a worldly man, Eric. Worldly. He is. He's uh, <laughs> I mean, he's six a couple of decades after Roger and Mad Men, so he should have different talk like he shouldn't be talking like this, is what I'm saying. He should have his his language should have evolved. Now, this is where Glenn's game gets really fucking tight because he's just they're at they're in Glenn's studio. He's like, yeah, oh, God, that's when I was in Tiananmen Square. That's uh, when I uh, broke the Berlin Wall sh- situation. <laughs> Here's uh, also me covering Super Bowl 23. That's that, that's that's from the fireside chat that because Brandon is like, oh, my God, I could be somebody. <laughs> right. Yeah. Brand, Brandon has that line of like, like. He's actually someone that I could imagine wanting to grow up to be. <laughs> and we're, you know, he's just showing them off all this cool stuff. And then he's like, this is my new series. I call it Cindy. I call it Cindy with an <laughs> S. <laughs> this this convo, though, I think when he shows her those photos of Cindy later, this is like she's looking at another photo and she says like, oh, this one's uh, a bit different, though. It seems a bit staged and artificial. And he's like, uh, you know, oh, you know, that's what I always appreciated about you. Um, you know, you were always, you know, telling me what you were thinking or something like that. And then this is dude Cindy takes a step uh, further here and goes, so tell me what you're thinking. And this dude, Glenn, does not miss a fucking beat, man. He just goes, you and Jim are like night and day. <laughs> just <Yeah>. immediately. <laughs> like, I think your husband's terrible and your I, relationship with him is poison. I mean, I don't know. Uh, you notice how much more hair I have than your husband? Uh, just, just, just throwing <laughs> that out there. Uh, um, I have like four houses <laughs> in the, in different parts of, of, of the whole world. 
Uh, so yeah, there's that. <laughs> um, so she's, you know, she's uh, taken by him, and this is when he invites her to go to his new gala opening or whatever the fuck bullshit's going on. Meanwhile, Brenda and Brandon go to this uh, twin study. We get the creepy twins there. It's on oh a, my it's on God. a college campus. Yeah, these kids creep me the fuck out. Mm. I was saying, uh, I really hope that the director of this episode would spoke to these two twins you know, before we started rolling and they were just like, you know, can you like be really creepy? Like, <laughs> I, like I sincerely hope that these guys were acting right here and this just wasn't like creepy twin stuff. It's fucking terrifying. They, they, well, they've got red hair, red curly hair too. It's not a great look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You remember the station twins from Bill and Ted's bogus journey? <laughs> <laughs> more than that. We want more than that. Oh, Go Lord. up from there. But uh, this actually gets into like Stranger Things esque territory where they do ESP like tests on both Bren and Brandon and these two eerie twins. I don't know, like a couple of wavy lines. <laughs> <laughs> They're just getting electrocuted. <laughs> Brenda's um, gum falls out of her mouth. <laughs> um, we should say uh, for real 902 and O heads revisiting oh, the series. Yeah, I, I know where you're going with this. Uh, and I saw this a mile away. This is uh, the actress Denise Dow is playing Professor, whatever her name is, Professor Harriet St- Strathmore, uh, actually winds up coming back on the show as a different character, the principal of West Beverly High for oh, 23 yeah. more episodes. Wow. That, this is It's a respawning. That's what we've been saying on Hooked on TJ Hooker. It's oh, the, yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely do the respawning. Uh, <laughs> This uh, that is this... an old TV thing because again, like you don't expect these episodes to come back. Syndication yeah. is barely whatever. You like, don't yeah. even know if the show's going to continue. Exactly. Um, also, this woman uh, played. I. It's not a huge role in the movie, but she's also Marlon Wayne's mother in fucking Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, she pops up in a lot of stuff. She's yeah. good. I like her. Um, I think she was in Ray. Yeah. I think uh, they saw in this episode that she will talk down to Brendan and like really <laughs> gives him some shit. I think that's why she got the, the gig with the... Uh, and yeah, and they're like they get competitive with the creepy twins, and Brandon's like, "Oh no, we're fucking losing" or whatever. And like, but Brenda keeps bringing up like, "I don't know about this Glenn situation." We go to the art gallery. Well, actually, we we first go to the school and we're talking about it. She invites Kelly or whatever, and she starts asking Kelly all these awkward questions about like, "What is it like when your parents get divorced? What's it like to have an alcoholic mother?" <laughs> yeah, dude, it's like I'm coming to you for all these questions, Kelly, because your mother's a fucking train wreck. <laughs> Let me just remind you really quick about the fashion show last week. <laughs> There's I, one uh, bit of on-location shooting here I wanted to point out because it was interesting. Glenn gives uh, the invite to the art show while they're like on a walk around uh, those like canals in LA. I don't know what the name of them is, but there's a footbridge that they're on uh, in this scene, and he's doing like, you know, do you ever play What If and this, yeah. that, and the other thing? That footbridge, did you guys recognize it by any chance? I'm sure it's in a ton of Ooh. stuff, but I recognize it immediately no. from the first Nightmare on Elm Street movie. There's a scene where uh, Heather Langenkamp and Johnny Depp are like talking about what's going on with her, and it's it's earlier in the movie, so they don't know about Freddie and shit just yet. I don't think, but the two of them have that conversation like on that exact footbridge. Wait, hold on, that doesn't make any sense. That movie takes place in Ohio. They shot that movie in Ohio, right, Andrew? <laughs> Steve, we'll talk about this after okay, after okay. the show. <laughs> they rented Hollywood from Glenn that day. <laughs> No broken hearts on the pod today. Uh, so they go to this fashion show. Kelly is wearing art, a, art, art gallery, open. art gallery, a, a fucking 
insane outfit. It's like gold chains over a black dress. Again, designed by Frank Miller himself. <laughs> it's just like a nightmare situation. And like there is there's a there's plenty of Donna in this episode and there uh, shouldn't be. Yeah, in the I, I, in the advice scene when she's asking Kelly all about shit, Donna is also there with Brandon. They're sort of like walking in the hallway because this is where you also have David is like there's a quick cutaway to David like showing Scott like, hey, Scott, I think this is uh, a little something like this is how my audition is going to go. And he's like freestyling in the hallway and the, all the kids in the hallway start booing him immediately. <laughs> Except for the one black kid who starts dancing in the middle. He's like, oh, that kid's rapping. Time to dance. Yeah, dude. What are we doing? <laughs> Look, uh, look, look, guys, I know uh, Tori isn't charming. Uh, I know that <laughs> nobody is really drawn in by her. But here's the idea here, fellas. What if you embarrassed her terribly in every scene she's in? I think that would really be good for Don I, and, and Tori as well. <laughs> yeah, and she's back at the, at the art gallery opening. She has nothing to do. She's just sucking air out of the room. <laughs> It's uh, insane that like and like you know we have been complaining or maybe just me about like the lack of the tertiary characters getting their own shit just yet. I understand it's early goings of the show and whatnot, but Donna specifically, <laughs> dude, it's like she is just a glorified extra. She is. There's one scene where they're walking down, they're talking about the, all the events of the episode. She doesn't say a word, and like Tori Spelling is not like reacting properly. You know what I mean? It's just sort yeah. of like staring, literally staring into space. Because it's one of those like I'm a bad actor that yes. only speaks when I know I have a line coming up. Exactly. And I don't like embody the scene and live in and, it so i'm not reacting to other characters and every line is like a gust of wind it just like passes <laughs> through you like you're go they're going through this, this this space and looking at the art and then like they stop at one and and fucking donna is just like can you believe it you could be up there one day <laughs> you could be up there doing the art thing yeah anyway so uh donna uh could you not be here thank you <laughs> hey brenda did that tumbleweed just say something <laughs> Uh, uh, Kelly, by the way, wants to fuck Glenn in a big bad way. She's well, like, so oh, does Brenda. Fuck. Yeah, well, she even Brenda even says the creepiest line of the episode is like, "I wish she'd flirt with me and not my mom." <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Eep. Wow, like uh, Glenn had you know the older lady. Now we can get her uh, her daughter, maybe potentially. And I have to say, it fucking totally tracks, guys. Because remember a few weeks ago when Brenda totally had the hots for the fucking teacher when she took the babysitting gig. And That's she true. also, in the first episode, she was after that fucking 40-year-old guy who telling her she was in the fraternity or whatever. Oh, right. Yeah, I forgot about that guy, too. Right. Yeah, okay. And, and, like, her friend Kelly bangs Jake, who's, like, 48 <laughs> years old. Well, Glenn is, like, the Gray Fox Jedi, whereas Roger from Mad Men is the Gray Fox Sith. Yeah, yep, that's like true. Yep. The Glenn is like going after age appropriate women, just wants a, a nice life, just wants to break up one marriage, oh, not really? too much. <laughs> Doesn't want to scathe an entire childhood or anything like that. Just wants there, to break up one marriage. There is, and you're you're right, totally right on the age appropriate thing, Chris, because in this scene, uh, you get to see like all of his like conquests come like, oh hey, Glenn, how's yep. it going? Glenn, haven't seen you in a while. Like, and it's very implied that he's fucked them all. The yes, rooster yes. has sex with all of them. <laughs> Oh man, woman. that reminds me, Steve. You are you're you're saying a line from Seinfeld that is a character reacting to something Frank Costanza said. Yeah. And by the way, just R.I.P. Jerry Stiller, yeah. man. We haven't had a chance to say it on the air yet. 
Yeah. Fucking total legend, man. Total Absolutely. legend. You, you will be missed. You cannot watch the and he, anything he does on that show and not laugh. You're yep. literally laugh out loud. Yep. Um, I re- so I really uh, do love when that just the woman coming up and he's like, "You're gonna blow it." <laughs> yes, totally. <laughs> Get out of here, Kimberly. <laughs> it's just done like, oh. you already. Goodbye. <laughs> Because she's like, oh, hey, Glenn. He's like, oh, shut the fuck up. Oh, hey, hey, uh, Cindy, you want to get some fresh smog outside? Uh, just, <laughs> oh, you know, that's a joke that only I've made about Los Angeles. <laughs> I invented, you uh, know, quick- I, 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 I also coined the term, uh, pardon my French, uh, you know, Cindy. <laughs> uh, uh, no, excuse me, that was me, Larry Cohen. I <laughs> created that, and I have been making a mint off it for decades. <laughs> Uh, there's a thing in the art gallery scene here where it's like Brenda, Kelly, Donna, Brandon, they're all like talking about one of the paintings or uh, photographs or whatever. And they're, you know, talking about what they see in it. This, that, the other thing. Did I get this wrong here? When Brandon at one point is like saying what he thinks about the photograph, is he doing also a Marlon Brando impression? Yes. And it doesn't make any sense. I, yeah. Okay. Good. I was like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Why is he doing a Marlon Brando impression right now? And a poor one at that. Um, they go <laughs> well, out, that goes without saying. They go outside. They're having more emotional conversations and they just start making out, man. I'm ready to settle down, Cindy, but I'm not ready to settle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Brenda, like a fucking narc, freaks out completely. Well, well she, she doesn't see the kiss. It's not like uh, at the codfish ball, speaking of Mad Men, when uh, Sally sees uh, Julie Ormond give Roger a blowjob in that one scene. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. my God. I haven't thought about that in a long or is time. Julie Was that the same party that he's like wearing blackface in? No, that's a different party. Oh, okay. I believe it's Julia Ormond. It is Julia Ormond. Steve, I do not believe Julia Pinoche was on mess. Yeah, that's what, like I said, Sith Lord Roger. Oh, that's right. It's Julia Ormond, <laughs> but she does a French accent, so like that even confuses it even more. Um, anyways, uh, so they make out, and Cindy goes home, and I needed to find this out because, like, it's 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 Brenda and Kelly. They're downstairs in the kitchen, as always. They love this fucking kitchen. Just hanging out in this fucking kitchen. Loving the kitchen, dude. (laughs) So she's just like, I don't know. I'm not ready for my parents to get divorced. And she's like, Kelly, what's it like? And she's like, it's fucking terrible. What do you want me to say? (laughs) What's it like being a divorced kid? Uh, Imagine a lot more trips to circus liquor. (laughs) (laughs) They at least don't do the standard response to something like that in uh, pop culture, which is the... uh, The two Christmas... Yes, the knee-jerk reaction of multiple holidays. Yeah. yeah. Well, you get two Christmases now. He had <laughs> they, uh, but also meanwhile, Cindy Walsh because she's what's make, making Brenda. The, Brenda doesn't see them make out, but she like could tell her mom's mood is very weird. She comes home and starts playing the stereo, and Brenda's like, she never listens to music like this. FYI, it's just whatever standard bullshit Hulu yeah. package it is. But I looked it up, and it's fucking Chris, a Chris Isaac song. Dude, it was originally there. Yes, yeah, exactly. That's, that's, what, yeah. that's what she's exactly. And then Jim Walsh comes home and just is like, huh, stereo's on and just turns it off. If you come home and your wife has just gone to an art gallery opening with her fucking hunky best friend, and then she comes home to listen to Chris fucking Isaac, we need to have a conversation. Tax time. <laughs> exactly. It's time for taxi. <laughs> Also, if that's the scenario, by the way, and in all scenarios, okay, major pet peeve of mine. You come home, someone's got music on. Don't you dare fucking turn it off. Yeah, sure. What's exactly. the matter with you? You can well, maybe not... 
turn it down if you have something important to say. That's <laughs> you're, not, you're not saying the five-dimensional chess here. Glenn clearly put the tape of Chris Isaac in that player, Got waiting it. for this very situation to happen to show oh, hey, that fucking uh, gym up. Hey, Cindy, this is a young new artist I, uh, I kind of <laughs> discovered, actually. I uh, photographed his album. And... I want to say also, Steve, thank you for bringing up uh, looking into what the music was here. Uh, any idea what it was at the front? Because I got to tell you, this time around, I was like, there's a lot of song here. It's not just an instrumental yeah. situation. There's lyrics. It's like a full band. I am going to Shazam this and find out just who it is they got to you know, replace the song. And I fucking Shazammed it. And let me tell you something, guys. It came up with a huge question mark. This is fake music that doesn't exist, and it's driving me crazy. It's, it's pop. This pop punk package that Hulu bought, I guess. It's just yeah. like, it's it's like all like it, it's it's all way out of place. Like you can't get '90s style music in here. That's yeah. the that's the like the biggest thing that drives me crazy about it is it's all anachronistic music and it's killing it's me. all some 41 demos <laughs> it is <laughs> yes, all exactly. of them are some 41 demos did someone say 41 uh i'm a jim walsh accountant <laughs> some 41 yeah that's the bottom line <laughs> yeah that's what uh that's what i do some 41 when i'm uh doing my excel spreadsheets and hey, you know uh, what and you know what you know what when your wife turns on Wicked Game, when you come home, <laughs> the best thing to do, fellas, get your face in some spreadsheets. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Is like, if you, hey, if you come home, she, one is the loneliest number. <laughs> you come home, she's playing Chris Isaac, and she doesn't want to fuck, you're in huge trouble. Like, if, yep. you know, yep. that could be like, ooh, nice, nice, after, nice evening. Maybe there's a bottle of wine in my future. No. Oh, okay. I'm in trouble. <laughs> and I love, dude, he fucking turns off this music. And then she comes in. This was a nice little development as far as the, the 90210 set here uh, because Cindy is out on some, like, widow's walk, like, big balcony thing they have off their bedroom. It's a nice Not house, Not too man. bad, man. It was pretty cool. Remember this she the next time Brandon cries fucking poverty, please. Uh -huh. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and so she comes in. They have, like, a little bit of a discussion. Jim Walsh is in the bathroom right here. And then James Eckhouse, like, comes out from around the corner, and he's, like, pulling up pajama pants. So you have, like, Jim Walsh with his pajama shirt wide open. That fucking Burt Reynolds rug <laughs> is all over that guy's front side. And then you also get a little tease about just some James Eckhouse in his boxer shorts. Pulling up these pants. Dude, he's wearing pajama pants like it's the 1940s. There is one look specifically that caught my eye. Uh, he has an open robe, much like uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, fuck from uh, Boogie Nights. Uh, Burt Reynolds? No, no, no. The Coke, uh, <laughs> Coke dealer. Fuck. Oh, 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 oh Alfred, Alfred Molina. Alfred yes. Molina. He has that look, but he's getting ready to do taxes. <laughs> <laughs> it's also we should say. Um, Jim was supposed to go to the art gallery opening, and he calls, and he's got this old style bag of Doritos, and he's like. Yeah, and she's like, you're not coming, are you? He's like, yeah, how'd you guess? Buy taxes. <laughs> oh, you heard the uh, Doritos smacking in the background, did you? <laughs> I got to count all these Doritos by the end of the night. It's part of the <laughs> number thing I do at the office. And the only way I can count Doritos successfully without making a mistake is eating them one at a time. <laughs> and it, let me tell you, honey, when I get back from this, I'm going to come up behind you, wrap my arms around you, and tell you what our quarterly tax payment is <laughs> for, for quarter three. 
Oh, Jim. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be getting Dorito dust all over your shoulders. <laughs> oh, man. Dorito kisses. Um, <laughs> uh, Wasn't that that song that that guy wrote for his dead daughter? <laughs> That's Butterfly Dorito Kisses. kisses. <laughs> oh, Butterfly Kisses, of well, course. At the, at the very end of the episode, not to get too ahead of ourselves, they do go, like, they're going to go away for a romantic weekend. And I imagine that's at uh, Cool Ranch. <laughs> Pack your bags, honey. I got all the Doritos in the car already. We're gonna have a romantic weekend at Cool Ranch. <laughs> honey, this is the place where it was invented. <laughs> How many takes her to a Doritos factory? Would you like yes. to see our uh, flavor dust silos? They're right over Would here. Would I? <laughs> uh, so Could you it's not flavor dust a cow or anything else. <laughs> Barbecue it. Could you could you flavor dust my wife just for tonight? Yeah, yes, we can, sir. <laughs> Flavor does. Oh, my they want the uh, they want the newlywed package. <laughs> Going to Flavor Dust his wife. There's erotic sweets on the in the Doritos factory. Like there's just <laughs> it is a factory, obviously they're making Doritos there, but mm-hmm. there are off the side of it a couple of erotic sweets. Dude, get this. Fucking edible panties that are made out of Doritos. Oh, <laughs> flaming oh hot. God. We're all out of we're all out of the Taco Bell flavored panties. I repeat, we are out of the Taco Bell flavored panties. Oh, yes, yeah, so we're turning the car around. <laughs> Sweet chili condoms. You would have a fucking flaming hot yeast infection, man. <laughs> Worth it though. So, uh, Annie's way, uh, they, you know, this kind of continues. Cindy's like, you know, she kind of just goes to bed really huff and puff. Uh, Brenda and Brandon get the idea. Brandon, Brandon finally goes over to Cindy's side. They, uh, the, the, the professor kind of gives them some psychological evaluation. It blows up that everyone's, oh, you can go, I, please. I don't want to get away from him. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but uh, I mean, I, huh, I was physically uncomfortable watching a lot of this episode because it is just so filled with awkward moments including one that happens right before we go back to the college professor which is brendan brandon getting ready to leave to go back to the college campus in the morning and cindy overhearing her two children talk about how her and her husband don't fuck each other anymore (laughs) oh my god they've been going through three nights now of hearing the hitachi at full volume (laughs) and full power so they know what's going on I, i i they fine they can deal with it (laughs) <laughs> what an excellent time appropriate reference chris <laughs> oh god uh so, yes, yeah but like so they they get this whatever the, the psychological evaluation it blows up uh so brandon and brenda decide to cook them dinner like they're little little kids like, they, they try to like parent trap them kind of a thing definitely trying to parent trap them over dinner after brandon says to his own sister all mom and dad need is a little time together and a lot of sex <laughs> they're gonna fuck their problems away oh, brand and at one point when glenn like visits the house again like brandon's like I can't believe it. The guy's here pulling a nooner. (laughs) Dude, a nooner. I know. And then Brenda's like, a nooner? And he's like, let me tell you, Bren, it doesn't involve food. (laughs) Well, maybe it does. I don't know. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, (laughs) I love in this scene. I brought a uh, a Dorito bikini. (laughs) (laughs) I love in this scene, though. Is it this scene when they're... There's some scene around here where Glenn is calling and leaving multiple messages as if he's directly calling an answering machine that only Cindy will listen to. Yeah. 
It's just like, oh, uh, hey, it's Glenn. I've called four times, uh, Cindy. Uh, this is your personal answering machine, is it not? You don't live with a loser named Jim. Oh, Jim. Oh, hi, Jim. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're listening to this, too. Oh, hi. How you doing? Oh, like, Cindy, I really want to have sex with you again, like in high school. Uh, anyway, uh, send my best to Jim as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, Cindy, are you all wet? Are you all fucking wet? Uh, my love to Brandon and Brenda. Uh, looking forward to that shoot tomorrow. I want to fuck you so bad. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. I can't get the smell of you off of me for days. Jim, and remind me, said, remind said, me to call with a recipe at some point. Jim, when he said that I was wet, he just meant if I was in the pool. <laughs> the, I, I do love this. Scene. This is when Cindy needs to fucking call this guy and be like, listen. I have a wife, I, I have a husband, and a family here. You can't be fucking around on my answering machine. I will fuck you. I'll go to a motel. And we have to fucking do this smart. Wait, wait, wait. She has a wife and a husband, and she needs this guy, too? <laughs> I messed up, Chris. Uh, so, uh, whatever. That's kind of that. Uh, this dinner scene's a fucking disaster. They kind of really start laying it on thick. Cause like, And Jim Walsh is just like, well, we haven't fucked in like two weeks or whatever the number is. And she's like, yeah, because you just come home and you want to fucking pound me after you do do taxes and don't even talk to me. And he's like, ha, ha, ha. it is, dude, it's the it's the fucking worst turn this dude can make. And I know earlier in the episode, I was like chastising Cabin a little bit. And while I don't think that Jim Walsh needs to be put to death, <laughs> uh, I do think that there's a lot of missteps along the way, including this, where he's at this awkward dinner table and the kids are, like, spying on them from the kitchen. And he just goes, I have a vague memory about what sex is like. Like, come on, dude. That, hey, I'm all about compromise. Compromise time. We cut his tongue out. <laughs> Can't talk no more. Shut his fucking mouth. Sounds good to me. Don't got to kill yeah. the guy. He's she reek fucking now. <laughs> oh, oh, poor Reek. <laughs> Uh, that's about where I stopped watching that show is when Reek gets his fucking dick You know cut what? Off. You were probably the right. You yeah, were yeah. the right. That was the right <laughs> decision. Point. Dude, I watched. I I got a one of those. It was like a an alert of like a tweet I did last year on the. Uh, it was like right around this time on the Game of Thrones finale, and I was all upset. And I'm like, man, what a fucking simpler time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would kill to be disappointed by that show yet again. Uh, yeah, <laughs> totally, dude. I I will say the other the volley that Cindy has here is pretty great because Jim, after he has that horrible fucking passive aggressive line about remembering what sex is vaguely, uh, uh, they there's another exchange and he's like, well, you know, Cindy, I've just been working so hard and blah blah, and she fucking puts that to a stop immediately and goes, stop hiding behind your damn work, and it's like, that's right, dude. Yep. Yeah, knock that you. shit off. Well, he says, like, I'm in over my head here. I'm like, you're not in with the cartel. It's accounting. <laughs> no, huh? you don't understand. I've been embezzling for years. <laughs> yeah. How do you think we could afford this palace? I could see him. James Eck, Jim Walsh could definitely be the counselor in the council. <laughs> and it just fun, like, it falls all in on one day and he's just fucking gone. You Honey, just, they're making a movie about me. <laughs> you just want that fucking a decapitation machine to go oh. on Jim Walsh's head. Oh, oh, oh. That movie has a decapitations oh, it machine. Does. It's a machine that decapitates. It's, it's it's something. That movie's a wild ride. It's it's Cindy, worth it. Cindy, are you having sex with a car? <laughs> <laughs> it's a convertible. <laughs> <laughs> so no, that that's the Cindy with Glenn. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely. not the Cindy with Jim. True. Uh, so whatever. Um, 
Jim Walsh has another mountain of work to do, and he fucking uh. leaves the table in a huff, man. Ugh. And then uh, she winds up driving to Glenn's, and she like pretty much puts an end to it. She like you know she gets conflicted, but she's like, I can't do this. This is crazy. What are we doing here? Yada yada yada. Oh no, th- this is a. When yeah, it, yeah, you're yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Is, she yeah. says we got carried away. Yeah, uh, this is where he gives her all. Th- these are the photos that he took of her, and she's all like, you know, wow, you like did something like with me in mind, like you created a thing while thinking about me. I have no idea what that's like. He, he says a line that me and my wife quote all the time, which is, "We were having a mental affair," which is. Mm-hmm. Just as dangerous as a real one. <laughs> Which is like, no, it's not. Not at all. Not even a little bit. Uh, so- he also has a line right here. I, I think it's him that says that because they get like, they're like touching foreheads kind of a thing. Yeah, like totally. He's really moving in. And he goes, we've wanted to do this forever. Yeah. It's like, let's just, just fuck. Let's just fuck. Glenn- oh, daddy wants to fuck. Glenn, listen, listen. Life is not about joy and making connections with people it's about dying inside <laughs> and not feeling anything because you 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 married a loser and have shitty kids <laughs> that's what life's about not about just going off and having fun with glenn the photographer yeah no it's about taxes <laughs> uh Finger thing means the taxes so she storms out and he's like oh and this is when brenda brenda and brandon uh drive up and see her f- run away and they assume that they fucked and because they're like doing this photo shoot that day it's like cindy look at their fucking calendar do not be going over this guy's house when they're gonna go there for the fucking stupid photo shoot yeah but in her defense though dude like she is going there uh to like write the ship she knows that she's not like really doing anything wrong sure so she doesn't feel the need to like really sneak around about it i think is the idea there but she does run out of the fucking studio because uh, after that line of like we've wanted to do this forever, there's like some other exchange, and then she just goes, "No, <laughs> I just can't handle this." And I was like, "You just couldn't handle delivering that line." <laughs> uh, the next day is the culmination of the DJ tryouts. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, that little thing. What if Donna tried out for DJ? <laughs> Oh, you know what? I take that back immediately. She was terrible. I know. All you have to do is embarrass her and humiliate her in front of a national audience, and she'll she'll get right on with you. Oh, tell me Donna's a piece of shit. (laughs) King shame my daughter. Oh, yeah. It's. I mean, it is a really spectacular burnout, though, dude. And I don't understand why... The tryouts for this radio DJ slot has to be you go in and freestyle. <laughs> yeah, you. I don't know where that came from either. Is it's, that a like? Is that a, like a MC Mike fucking prerequisite or something? I guess so. You got you got big shoes to fill. You know what? Don't do what Mike does. Bring your own yeah, energy. To like it, I know? don't understand you. Like you have to do this like rap or whatever. And like what? And so Donna flames out instantly. Yeah. <laughs> instantly, it's really dude. fucking pathetic. It's fucking. <laughs> it's something to see, and honestly. DJ, it's like watching the Challenger video. DJ Mike <laughs> had a lot of stipulations for whoever's gonna go into his shoes. Number one was they all have to be white. Whoever it is, it's got to be white, 100%. No, I think this is coming from administration. Well, Mike, you're doing an excellent job as DJ. Just You're not representing all the views of all of our student body, uh, shall we say. Uh, mm, mm, mm. Maybe try out for the basketball team. Uh, mm, uh, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> what is it, fucking Principal Sanders also? <laughs> Dude, then, so, like, Steve Sanders... 
notices Donna fucking flaming out Ugh. and just goes, oh, the humanity, and fucking gets in there. <laughs> and he totally freezes up. And David and Scott are, like, watching this. Because I guess the way this is situated, and, like, we didn't have a radio station in our high school, so I don't it's know. It's not a DJ schools. booth that's out in the middle of everything. No. Well, that's the thing, right? It's, like, the station also has, like, a big glass window where you can see. And, you know, Eric, you and I did college radio at Purchase. Yeah. And at yeah. least, like, the station did have big windows and shit like that. But, like, it was inside the station. Like, yeah, it was the like, booth uh, wasn't, like, right out no. in the hallway. It was, like, it, not a public booth. It was, like, a subterranean booth. And I, <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine attending or even visiting or even knowing of a high school that was rich enough to have a fucking radio station right out there in the middle i mean you're gonna see them smoking all those cigarettes and taking hits from the flask <laughs> and also like <laughs> let's just do the right thing oh here comes mookie deliver another pizza <laughs> uh so yeah he flames out david gets on there and does his great david freestyle and i think he he does. I mean, he becomes the DJ, but I don't know if they make that clear in this episode, do they? Well, insofar as like he did, the he best. does a quote unquote the best job. Um, but there is a line that he has to Scott like right before this, like when Steve is flaming out and Scott's like, what's going on with <laughs> Steve Sanders over there? And David's like looking at him and as if this is like a thing, like is that everybody knows he just goes, oh, my God. It's Mike Freeze. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you fucking talking about? You can back say to stage you. fright. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Or dead air. Oh, he does even say, like, oh, this is better than dead air. Isn't it, folks? And I was like, yeah, go, David. That's I what I thought his gimmick was going to be, dude, because everyone starts paying attention when he's, like, ripping apart Steve Sanders. And I was like, oh, that's, like, how David finds his niche as the radio DJ. Yeah, he is like he's Don like, it, like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. He's, like, insult DJ, like, comedy guy. No, but be, then he does this rap, and it's awful. In all likelihood, he would actually be turned into Eminem, which is fitting <laughs> for David's character. Are well, there not says, some he, people that are like, oh, my God, David Silver can rap. Oh, wow, <laughs> that's amazing. He even says in one of his freestyles, like, I'm not Vanilla Ice, but I'm here to say. It's like, don't, uh, do not. Yeah, no, please don't call attention to that. You are um, always Vanilla Ice. If you were a white rapper, you are always, van I don't care how good you are. You're always Vanilla Ice. It's always going to get tracked back to Vanilla Ice, dude. Um, also, I, I do love, there's, I, it's, I think it's his most momentous moment yet. And maybe the biggest moment until he shoots himself in the face. <laughs> Uh, but dude, Scott, there's this big like the camera like pushes in on Scott, and it's like this actor's got this huge close up, and he's like, "I've created a monster." <laughs> uh, I do, I love that because like I feel like whatever, and we you brought this up last week, like how is this kid a fucking regular? I feel like when they finally kill him off, it's like an accounting thing. It's just like somebody was like, you know, I was going through our books, and we're paying Douglas Emerson as much as we're paying everyone else. That can't yeah. be true. <laughs> like, exactly, dude. This is just, this is like creative accounting balancing the books on this fucking show. <laughs> you know, kill. I'm reading these scripts and I'm seeing a lot of Scott and we could take those out and put in more of Donna being humiliated. <laughs> we could do that awfully easy. I don't understand why we do. I mean, we could just kill him. He could kill himself for all I care. Cabin saying Donna humiliated made me think, and I'm sure this doesn't happen, but man, Steve, is there an episode of this show where they all have to participate in, like, 
there's like a school like fair that they have to do. Like it's like se- the seniors got to work at the school fair, and there's a dunk tank, and you're dunking on Donna. I am almost positive there's a dunk tank scene, but I don't believe it's Donna that goes in there. It might be a Steve. Yeah. Sa- you know, now I'm thinking about it. I think it's in. Uh, in the college years, there's a dunk tank that Steve's fraternity does, and he gets dunked repeatedly because everybody fucking hates him. Oh, you know? nice. Dunk the racist. What if Donna got dunked? <laughs> <laughs> Just a creative if, idea. I, I, I'm not telling you writers how to write, but what if Donna was the one in the dunk tank? You know what might be fun uh, is you get Donna out uh, in a dunk tank, but the trick is the dunk tank's on a pier, and there's a hole in the pier. (laughs) You know what? I'm going to die soon, and uh, I'm not going to have enough money to keep Tori afloat, so why don't we start a whole show just with Tori? The Tori Donna show. She had that fucking reality show. She did, man. What was the name of that? It was like her and her husband do something else kind of a thing. Oh, yeah. Dean something, I think was his name. Tori and Dean something something. The spellings or some shit. So that's great. uh, (laughs) Glenn comes over the house. Oh, I'm sorry. Jim goes to Glenn's house, and he fucking reads him the the short man riot act. (laughs) And what I do appreciate about this is, like, it's not, like, this overly aggressive aggro bullshit kind of thing he actually like talks to this guy and like he does stand up for his family in this moment he stands up for himself and his marriage and his family and like honestly like that's the it's a nice way to see a situation like this handled it's like it's Al Jim Bund- Walsh getting the fucking tire iron out of the yeah. car or something some Al Bundy horse shit like I'm gonna beat your ass if you talk to my wife again yeah exactly but, exactly but you could also tell Glenn's holding back it's yes. not like he's just like, yeah, you're right. I'm a piece of shit. Yeah, okay, yeah, all right. I'm a piece of shit. All right, yeah, you do only have your family, and that's it, huh? You are just <laughs> empty inside other than your family, huh? Yeah, way, well, if, you, well, you should have that then. You should if, have that. If Glenn wanted, he could totally dominate this dude. Oh, yeah. definitely. He's got the BDE, my friends. He's yeah. got it. And he's, like, taller. He's got a big reach. And it's his home turf of his fucking photography studio, which pr- I'm sure there's weapons and illegal things everywhere. <laughs> I mean, if, if Glenn... You can autofocus this dude with a fucking tripod. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, shit. If Glenn was being for real, he would end this conversation with, Jim, every time you see your wife and your kids looking at you in a slight disgust rather than total disgust... I want you to remember that you only had that family because I didn't want it. <laughs> exactly. I yes. could have had it, and I didn't want it. So I take threw it, it away. I threw it away. <laughs> Not your, worth it. Your wife is my fucking runoff. When you <laughs> when you are covering your wife in Dorito dust and entering her, I want you to know she's thinking of me. Hey, how'd you know I was taking her to the ranch? <laughs> Oh, I, photog- I I photographed the ranch for uh, <laughs> ranch. fucking Dorito did, World magazine. I did, <laughs> oh, I man, the, get me a subscription. I did Dude, the I jalapeno a, bikini uh, photo shoot. That was uh, I, I will pay a year up front <laughs> for the fucking Dorito magazine to come every month. Dorito man. World magazine. Please. Dorito <laughs> World magazine. Yeah, yes, I, exactly. I, I, I photographed for Dorito World, Natural Geographic, obviously, <laughs> and uh, Nintendo Power. <laughs> But that's the great thing about why it should be a Dorito World magazine, dude, because then 
you could get photographs and stories about all the other cool Dorito flavors that are in like Europe and Asia that we don't get in the United oh, States. Oh yeah, totally turmeric in Ecuador. I love that flavor. <laughs> I mean, like this might be a thing. Can we bring back magazines and launch this? <laughs> That's it. All right, step one: bring back magazines. <laughs> step two: form Dorito World magazine. That will give us. This will finally get us publication because we will save journalism by launching Dorito World magazine. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, someone might cover this podcast. It'd be something. Uh, yeah. So uh, Glenn finally goes back to Cindy at her house and he's like, listen, I just wanted to say thanks for blah, blah, blah. You know, it's been a it's been a riot. I've got an assignment in Canada. Uh, so That's a bullshit thing, dude, because what in the last since fucking Cindy came over last night, you just got this assignment. Yeah, right. he, got yeah, assi- he got an assignment and a girlfriend in Canada. So she's like, oh, that's been great. Oh, it's been wonderful. He gives her the photographs. And Brendan and Brand, this is when Brandon and Brenda notice him at the at the house, and th- Brandon's like, he's pulling a nooner, Brand. <laughs> what a sleazemeister he also says. Yeah, sleazemeister is great. The sleazemeister nooner with my mom, <laughs> buddy, um, on her grundage. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, that's, that's the ca- munching. That's the munching. So, like, that's kind of that scene. <laughs> Finally, uh, everyone's in the house, and Jim Walsh storms in in the middle of the afternoon, which is unlike him because he doesn't doesn't come home from the secretary's house until 10, 10 p.m. I mean, uh, from from <laughs> Actually, work, from work. Thank, thank you, Steve, because like this is kind of feeling like he's got something on his side as well. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Like he's coming home at ten o'clock every night for what reason exactly? Yeah. Oh, well, the, uh, the, 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 the uh, purposes. Yeah, the numbers had perfume on today. <laughs> uh, yeah, honey, uh, we can go out to dinner and have sex today, but the taxes start right back up tomorrow. <laughs> we all know, got ready, ready for the new year. There is a line that Glenn has to the kids because, like, the kids get out of the car when Glenn is like walking down the driveway to leave, and Glenn goes, "I just want you to know, you're a great family, and you all really work well together." And th- like, that's it. There's they, the kids don't say anything; they just kind of like keep walking, and it's like, huh. Maybe that guy wasn't balling our mom after all. <laughs> I mean, with the way that Brenda's been acting in this, like, and I know that there was an actual attraction and everything like that, but the way she's been acting and like being like a piece of shit to Cindy in this episode, I really wanted. You remember that scene in American Beauty when uh, 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 the kid, what's his name, uh, Thor- West Bentley, West Bentley goes up to Chris Cooper and is just tired of his shit. He's like, you know what? Yeah. I fuck guys all the time. Oh, I, yeah. The, I suck I the wanted, best dick in four counties. I want Cindy to go up to Brenda and be like, I sucked it and it was wonderful. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was the best sex I had in well, my I, life. Do you think you guys think, like, did did sex happen of some sort? No. I mean, it, it's, between Cindy and Glenn? Yeah. No. Back in the day, sure, but not now, no. Yeah, okay. which, which are you asking about? College days? Well, no, no, no. I'm asking about between now, the scenes, because kind of I'm like, no, yeah, I, like I don't read think so. between the lines. Like maybe I don't know. Some Glenn happened. Some so. hand stuff, possibly. Yeah. Glenn definitely I, got a grope. Uh, he yes. got a hold of something. I don't know what it was. Yeah. Uh, disagree. I don't think anything happened. I gave that guy a beach in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> what a great art show. Wow, L.A. <laughs> and, and even him. Him in that parking lot. More passion than your father. Oh, absolutely. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, and uh, the great thing, though, as this like as the driveway scene transitions into uh, Jim Walsh coming home early for work, again, I want to point out awesome, really slow, like, 
single note at a time on a keyboard uh, version of the theme song, almost as if James Eckhouse was, uh, Jim Walsh was like, learning the Beverly Hills 90210 theme song on that Casio <laughs> keyboard. Dun, 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 dun. Shindy, dun. Shindy, Shindy, come in here. Guess what I learned? I learned how to play Wicked Game on the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a Wicked Game you played. How hot is it now, right? This is the sex song. This is what we do. Okay, yeah. Uh, so that's it. You know, they go off and uh, all is forgiven. Uh, she probably never tells him that they, they made out. I, I think that's the right move there. Well, he kind of... like He knows something happened. Right. It's one of those... Well, because he's like, pack your bags. You know, kids, you'll be fine for the night. Your mother mm-hmm. and I are going away. He's like, we're going to try for the third time to have our anniversary. And That's she's like, cool well, third ranch. times to try. Yeah, they're going to the ranch, dude. But she's she does start there in that huge Walsh foyer. And she's like, Jim, I... And he cuts her off and is like, do you love me? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, well, I love you. That's all I need to know. Like That's he, him saying, whatever sex you had, let's yep. forget it and move on. <sighs> she must or be so, whatever it was. She yes. must be so pissed. Like, I could have had a, I had, that's a free pass. I didn't know I had a free pass. Fuck. Oh, is our 17-year anniversary free pass? Fuck. <laughs> it's like, like Larry David. Yeah, exactly. I could have <laughs> fucked and not told you shit. Oh, yes. man. See, right now, that doesn't do anything. But, like, once we enter the full age of the cell phone, you're talking sexting back and forth between Glenn and Cindy. Oh, non-stop. for sure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Non-stop. Fucking Glenn into the nursing home, just fucking <laughs> texting her. I need an EKG on my cock, Cindy. <laughs> Cindy, Cindy, I just had sex with a prostitute. It was empty, and I was thinking you the whole time. Takes me back. <laughs> yeah, dude, I don't even want to know about Glenn when emojis are invented. Yeah. Oh man, eggplants everywhere, man. I guess all the young girls really like eating eggplant. This one means squirt. That is our episode for this Monday. We've got a lot of fun stuff happening on the. Well, first, I should ask, as we always do here, uh, are you excited to continue? And or uh, any little parting shots, things we didn't get to? Eric Siska, start with you. Oh, absolutely! I'm actually really excited. Again, like you know, I've been losing my mind during this lockdown, but these 90210 episodes and Melrose, it's like it's an awakening. It makes me feel alive again, and I feel like I'm finally. Now in a position to co-sponsor the Chris Cabin legislation to kill Jim Wall. <laughs> Thank you for your support, Senator. Uh, Christopher Cabin. Oh, I fucking hate these people. I hope they die. <laughs> Can't wait for next week. Uh, Andrew Jupin. Uh, I will just level-headedly say uh, that, you know what? People have problems. No one's perfect. And we're just trying to learn some lessons here each week, are we not? Um, I will say, though, I am kind of getting fed up with the lack of Dylan. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm really, really kind of getting fed up with that. You cannot give me a fucking power-packed flavor like Dylan McKay and just, like, quickly shuffle in three to four episodes where he is doing nothing. And as I look ahead to next week's 90210, it doesn't appear uh, that he's around anywhere. But I have what to ask. I, what, I have to ask in Steve, Canada? I have to ask Steve. Yep. The IMDb plot summary says that Brandon uh, gets tempted by an older woman, Nina, who specializes in health massage Oof. solutions. Here we go. Are oh, we boy. talking happy endings, man? I don't remember this episode at all. Okay. Uh, I do know for a fact, at least looking at. Uh, Dylan's got to be in it because usually when he's not, they'll say credit only. Jim oh. Walsh next week, gentlemen, 
Chris Cabin's blood pressure gets a, a break, credit only. <laughs> yeah. Oh, see, there you go, Cabin. Your Woo! ticker can get a week off. <laughs> Fucking yeah. He got lost at the ranch. <laughs> uh, so that's it for this week's, uh, this Monday's episode from Melrose Two and But we are not fucking stopping on this feed, my friends, because tomorrow we are, we are joining. We're going on some Stranger Tides. Oh no, tomorrow we're going to World's End. I apologize, yeah, Ben Worcester. With World's End, with our good friend Ben Worcester joins the show. We recorded that episode already. It's a fucking banger. You're gonna love it. Uh, we're going nuts on these pirate movies. They're terrible. Mm-hmm. This is the worst of the bunch so far. We'll see how this goes. Uh, but we're not just doing pirate stuff. If you go on Patreon.com/slash We Hit Movies right now, we have an episode. Uh, available for you a full-length two-hour episode on the ring uh gore verbinski's uh we we love movies ring episode that's super fun uh we got a an animation damnation dropping sometime this week we've we we got a nexus coming up we've got the the nexus has is a dad parallels so that works for this month and next it's sarek and riker's father kyle riker a lot of fun episode you're gonna want to check out the nexus this month you i will say for this week by the way after at world's end on tuesday wednesday is when we're throwing you the animation damnation which by the way is on the Jetsons. Yeah, dude. And a giant woman. Oh, that's right. This this symmetry. This giant woman in both. Yes, both in uh, World's End and in uh, oh, the Jetsons. You're right. Wow, a lot of lot of giant women this week. Loving it. <laughs> so that's exciting. Uh, <laughs> but we will be back here on Thursday to talk about uh, Melrose Place. Uh, and actually, Kevin, I got to say, mm-hmm. if uh, your blood pressure gets a, a little bit of time off for next week's 90210, uh, be sure you don't strain yourself too much uh, in a couple of days when you watch this Melrose Place because it is Billy dating a stand-up comedian. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that's a good place to end it uh, I, until tomorrow when we're back with uh, World's End I have been Steven Sadak Andrew Chupin Eric Siska Chris Cabin uh, take it easy and remain indoors <laughs> That was a HeadGum Podcast.